0: Welcome to Awaken to Grace. I'm Chad Roberts. Today is part two of a sermon called Excuses The Man Who Stopped Short. We're studying a man in Scripture named Barzillai, and we're talking that even though he was a wealthy man, he was a godly man, even though he was a generous man, Barzillai stopped short with excuses. And we're going to see today the same can be true in our life, but we're going to learn how to avoid this. Mistake. If you missed part one of this sermon, go back on my free mobile app, Awakened to Grace, or my website, awakenedtograce.com, and get the first part of this powerful sermon on excuses. Well, let's get to God's Word. I hope you're listening daily with us. I hope you are going back into the archives and learning all the spiritual content that we create. And why do we create it? to help you grow in your spiritual lives. I'm glad you're listening. Let's go today to 2 Samuel chapter 19 on today's edition of Awakened to Grace. And in verse number 16, he's going to approach the king before he crosses over Jordan. And we see this scene unfold in verses 16 to 23. And he throws himself on the mercy of David. He says, David, I have sinned. Your servant knows he has sinned. And I'm asking you to not take it to heart. I'm asking for mercy. One of David's counselors says, he ought to be put to death for speaking against God's anointed for his rebellion. And do you know how David responds to him? David says, No one's going to die today. I give you my oath. You are forgiven. If you're going to take notes today, I want you to note that the men I want to introduce you to, particularly Shimei, Mephibosheth, and Barzillai, they represent stages of our walk with God. And stage one, I want you to note, represents repentance. You know, it's playoffs right now in baseball, and I've been following baseball pretty close this year. Even though I'm blind and can't see it, I enjoy listening to baseball games. You listen on Sirius XM, and it's all play by play, and they put me right there, and I can follow along quite well. Well, you know, if you're playing baseball and you imagine you hit it way out the left or right field, and You start rounding the bases and they fumble for the baseball and you're so fast that you get around the bases and you dramatically slide into home and you beat the throw. Imagine the umpire calling you out. You would protest. But I beat it. I made it. What would happen if that umpire said you didn't tag first? If you don't tag first, nothing else counts. In the end, no matter how fast you are, no matter how skilled you are, no matter how talented you are, in the end, you are going to be called out. Friends, the same is true spiritually. If you don't tag first, if you don't get repentance right, nothing else matters. Nothing. In the end, The Lord will say to you, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Have you got repentance right? Shimei came to David. He didn't offer excuses. He didn't lay out his case. All he said is, I know I have sinned. Friends, I want you to know today, repentance is not feeling sorry for your sins. Repentance is changing from your sins. Repentance is turning from it. Today, you can feel sorry all day long. Today, you can be caught in this cycle. The Bible calls it practicing sin. That means habitual sin. That means that sin is the pattern of your life. Sin is the lifestyle that you embrace. And that's not repentance. Repentance is when you turn from it. Repentance is when you leave it. Repentance is when you go the other direction. That is repentance. Have you got that right in your life? Have you came to the Lord for his mercy? Not in excuses. Not in I got caught. Not in I'll try to do better. No. As in I am walking away. From those choices, and I am walking toward Jesus Christ. Friends, that's repentance. Number two, there's a man named Mephibosheth. Now we meet Mephibosheth much earlier in the scriptures. Mephibosheth was the son of Jonathan, he was the grandson to King Saul. When David took the throne, it was customary, you had every descendant killed. Why? Because if you had any ancestry to the throne, you had a claim to the throne. Well, Jonathan had made a covenant with David. That he would show kindness to his house. You remember what's interesting about Mephibosheth? When he was a baby, perhaps a toddler, his nurse dropped him. And he became crippled in his feet. He was disabled. He was lame. Mephibosheth hides from King David, but King David finds him. Mephibosheth thinks he's going to be put to death. But no, you know what David does? For the sake of Jonathan, he shows him kindness. He moves him into his palace in Jerusalem. And Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth, (laughs) you try that. Try it three times. Go ahead. Go ahead. Try it three times. I dare you. Double dog dare you. Mephibosheth, there we go. I have to clap it out. Mephibosheth. What does he do? David puts him at his table. You know what happens every time Mephibosheth sits at the king's table? No one can see his lameness. No one can see his disability. He's seated at the king's table. Now when the rebellion takes place, Mephibosheth does not go with David. and David doesn't understand why. Now that the rebellion is over, David confronts Mephibosheth. Verses 24 to verse 30. Why did you not go with me, Mephibosheth? Why were you not by my side? I've shown you grace. I've shown you kindness. What does Mephibosheth say? He said, I, in essence, he's saying, I'm from a doomed family. I'm from a family of what should be all dead men. But you, the king, showed me kindness. Kindness. He explains to David what happened. His servant betrayed him. His servant deceived him. David forgives him. David says, well, I'll take you and Ziba, and I'll divide the lands between you and Ziba. And you know what Mephibosheth says? It's beautiful. Mephibosheth says, do what's right in your eyes, but I don't care about the land. He says, let Ziba have it. All I care about is that the king is back and the king is safe. That's all I care about. If Shimei represents repentance in our life, if that stage, if that context symbolizes repentance, you know what Mephibosheth symbolizes? Yieldedness. Surrender. Has there come a point in your life, precious friend, where you have said, I don't care about the things of this world. I don't care about the things that I own. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions, Jesus said. I don't care what I gain. I don't care what I lose. All I care is that I honor Jesus Christ. All I care is that God gets glory out of my life. Are you at a place like that? Are you at a place where you can say, you are the potter? And I am the clay. Shape me, mold me after thy way. Are you in a place of surrender today? Are you in a place where you could say, take this world, but give me Jesus? I want to live a life of surrender. So you can see the progression. If Shimei represents repentance, verses 16 to 23... If Mephibosheth represents a consecrated life, a surrendered life, a yielded life, verses 24 to 30, then I want to talk for a moment about this interesting man named Barzillai. Oh, what a great name. Boy, that's a good name. Somebody needs to pick that up, Barzillai. That's a good name. Who is Barzillai? Barzillai. Well, he was an old man who was kind and gracious to David when David was in exile. As a matter of fact, he fed David and his army. Two things I want you to note about Barzillai's profile is, number one, he was old. He was 80 years old. Some of you go, wait, that's how old I am. (laughs) Barzillai, he was 80 years old. And number two... What we know of the scriptures, he was wealthy. He was wealthy. Well, let's just add this. Number three, he was generous. Three things we know about Barzillai. He was old, he was wealthy, and he was generous. Now say amen if you're with me right now. I've listened to a lot of commentary on Barzillai. And I'm not throwing stones at the man because he is a very honorable man. As a matter of fact, you may want to note this, his name is mentioned ten times in the scriptures. It's going to go on to even mention him three times after his death. Barzillai held such a place in the king's heart that even as David is dying and he's handing the kingdom over to his son Solomon, he reminds Solomon, show kindness to the house of Barzillai. So I'm not throwing stones at him today. But I want to show you how, in my view, I believe Barzillai is representative of where so many of us are living today. Many of us have repented of our sins. Thank God. Many of us have surrendered our life to the Lord. Thank God. We've been in that stage and we've crossed to that stage. But many of us are living right where Barzillai is. Here's what we know about him. Verse number, let me get it, 33, I believe. In verse 32, David is going to tell Barzillai, you've been so kind to me, you've provided for me. Now come with me to Jerusalem, and I am going to provide for you. In other words, live at my palace, eat at my table. What an offer from the king. Now remember, what are we talking about? David is a representative. He is symbolic of our soon coming King, Jesus Christ. David is showing grace to everyone. Christ wants to show grace to you today. But you must repent of your sin. You must yield your life. You must consecrate your life. You must surrender your life to Jesus to fully follow him. No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom. In other words, you can't get distracted with the things of life. You have to follow Jesus. How do you follow Jesus? Take up your cross daily and follow him. For many of you, the thing that you think is such a burden that you wish God would remove it, it very well may be the cross you're supposed to bear. And Jesus says, Take up your cross daily, daily, and follow him. So it takes repentance, it takes a surrendered life. But I want to call today the man who stopped short. Barzillai was a generous man, he was a wealthy man, he was an old man, but he stopped short. David gave him an amazing offer. David said, come, live with me in my palace, eat of my table. You've provided for me, I'll provide for you. And I want you to look at what Barzillai told the king. Number one, he gave it this excuse, I'm too old. I'm too old. I believe it was Benjamin Franklin who said, I've never found a man who is good at excuses that was good at much else. Or for much else, I believe he said. Never met a man who was good at excuses that was good for much else. Oh, we, uh, we all are quite gifted when it comes to excuses, are we not? Come on now, right? You got your excuses, don't you? Oh, I'm, I heard crickets. Huh. Interesting. And Barzillai, even though he was a good man, even though he was a generous man, I believe he stopped short. If he is representative, if this whole text is a picture of grace, if this whole text is a picture of our spiritual journey, and we go from repentance, we go to a surrendered life, then does he represent those of us that we stop short? When God says go all the way, we go, ooh, hang on. Watch what he does. He says, number one, I'm too old. I can't do this, David. I'm 80 years old. Let me tell you, you can use an excuse of I'm too old. You can. Some use an excuse that they're too young. Some use an excuse that they're too busy. Some say that it's not the right time, it's not the right season of life or whatever. All kinds of excuses. I remember when I first started the church, I was so young. Doug Tweed encouraged me so much. I didn't know Doug at that time. I knew of him. I've always heard of him, knew his name. And my mom was a bank teller and Doug had come to the bank and was telling my mom you know i hear chad is planting a church and she said oh yes she said he's he's so nervous he believes he's too young and doug said "Well, you tell him i'm too old but god uses us (laughs) that encouraged me so much i've never forgotten that but there's some people that they don't follow the lord because it's not the right time in their life it's not the right season of their life it's not a good convenient time Barzillai used the excuse, I'm too old. Then look what he says next. He tells David, the way is too far. This is a Christian who will say, I'll go a certain distance, but I won't go all the way. Oh, I'll come listen to the music. Oh, I'll come for a 90-minute service. I'll check my kids into kids' church. Oh, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do a small group. I'll serve on a ministry team. I'll listen to some sermons. I'll do a devotional. But I'm not really going to live it. That represents a Christian who goes it's too far. I'm not going to... Oh, oh, I'm a Christian, but I'm not going to take it so far as other people I know. You see what I'm saying today? Could that be you? That's your one foot in and one foot out? Could that be you that you're saying, I'm not going to go so far with this thing? No. You know what the Bible, (laughs) as we were worshiping the Lord today, there was a prayer I just kept praying. I want to be the aroma of Christ. Isn't that what the scriptures say? We are the aroma of Jesus to this lost world. And I just kept praying, Lord, let this church this morning, just let it be incense rising up to you. People who won't go very far, they can't do that. I want to be a Christ follower that day and night, night and day, my life is an aroma to Jesus. Jesus. I'm not going to stop short. I'm too old was the excuse number one. The way is too far was the excuse number two. And then verse 37, look at it. I'm too comfortable is excuse number three. What does he say? No, David, let me die in my own home. Let me die where my parents are buried. I will stay right. Do you know what he's saying? He's saying, no, no, I'm too comfortable in life. Could this be a portrait of us today? We've been saved. We do the religious thing, but we stop short. I don't want to be that kind of Christ follower. Do you? Why don't you inventory your decisions right now? Why don't you take inventory of your heart? Let me ask you today. Have you truly repented of your sin? Have you repented? Have you turned? Can 1 Corinthians 6, 11 be spoken of you? And such were some of you, but you've been washed, cleansed, sanctified, justified. Have you truly repented today? Or are you still dabbling in the same sin? Still playing out the same old lifestyle. No, repent today. Turn from it. By God's grace. Are you surrendered today? Like Mephibosheth, I mean, are you nowhere near the king? Are you distracted with life? Are you truly yielded? Are you truly surrendered? Do you need to say, God, you're the potter. I'm the clay. I yield to you. Have your way in me, have your will in me. In Jesus' name. And lastly, are you living out excuses? God, the time is not right. The season's not right. I'll serve you at a later time. I'll get serious with you later when my career takes off, when I retire when the kids move out when the grandkids come when I get married when I settle on the right college when I choose the right career when I get that next promotion friends the excuses will never run out never have you said I'll go a certain distance but I'll no. I'm not going to go too far. Oh, don't make that mistake, church. Are you too comfortable? The Bible says in Amos 6.1, Woe to those who are at ease in Zion. Woe to those who are at ease. Are you comfortable today? Today's Christianity would sell you the idea That God wants you comfortable. That's not what the Bible teaches. Oh, you can be blessed. God wants you blessed. But why does he want you blessed? To be a blessing. People that are just comfortable, they don't bless anybody else. People that are just comfortable, it's my four and no more. People that are comfortable don't sacrifice anything. And you know what God's called us to be? Romans 12, 1. A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will. Are you living with excuses? Trade them in today. Trade them in. No more excuses. So Lord, make us sharp spiritually. Make us your weapon. Make us instruments of you. That you would use us in these last days. That we would bear fruit. To your glory, that the church would take its rightful place and lead this culture. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have you visited my online store where you can find books, music, sermon series, and so much more? I hope you'll go there today, awakentograce.com slash store and keep checking back because our resources that are designed for spiritual growth are always growing. Awakentograce.com slash store.